talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Okay, this is just a random thing to start uh, start the morning with here, just mainly because I, I've realized I need to clean off my desk here. I've got all of yesterday's show prep and everything that's, that's stacked up throughout the week still on my desk, and I need to just wipe the slate clean because i got a whole big stack of stuff right here for today. A lot of things that we're going to want to get to this morning here on Montana Talks. This is just a random story, and it's you know it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, I just I just find it kind of interesting here. And uh, and anyway, I so February's over. It's now March, of course. But this this story was was posted on the very last day of February, the very last day of February, uh, February twenty eighth, four thirty nine p.m. Uh, and it was a story by KTVQ Television. And uh, let's see, table talk. Billings black leaders come together to talk respect and connection. And nothing wrong with the story. It's a nice enough story. Uh, seemed like a great, great, uh, great people that were featured in the interview. But I think it's more the headline that I that I had the question uh, about here. So the headline, and remember, it was February's Black History Month. So this story was shared uh, right at the end of, of Black History Month. And I saw there was a similar story done. Uh, same narrative in Missoula, I think, as well. But anyway, uh, like I say, I mean, nothing really wrong with the story. Uh, cool folks. Uh, I, I think one of the guys in the interview uh, ran the basketball league that one of my kids played in. Seems like a really cool guy. But the headline says, Billings Black Leaders Come Together to Talk Respect and Connection. And I'm like, well, uh, who does the TV station decide the the leaders are? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, I, I'm just sitting back here thinking, God, I, I know a couple guys who are, I think you could say, are leaders in the community. They uh, they both ran for the city council in Billings. Uh, uh, one gentleman by the name of Aldo Rowe, great guy, uh, also happens to be black. Uh, there's uh, another gentleman, Fred Wilburn. I uh, ran into Fred recently at one of the uh, the Fusion Fight Night events, and uh, he ran for the city council and had some great things to say when he ran for the city council as well. Something in well, both of these gentlemen are black. Both of them uh, have have stepped up to 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 lead their community. So why uh, aren't they featured in a conversation about about uh, black leaders in Billings? Well, you know, anyway, I'm just saying that the reason why those two guys may not be featured uh, in some of these media reports is because they were conservatives. They were Republicans, or they, I should say they are Republicans. They are conservatives who uh, who ran for the city council. Do you remember the, the white liberals on the Billing City Council? You remember the or the, even the former ones that would complain that there's too many white guys on the Billing City Council? Boy, they sure didn't they sure did not support the two black guys that ran for the Billing City Council, did they? No, they didn't. And now you've got a liberal city council with a bunch of white liberals that are, you know, and then you wonder why there's crime in a city like Billings, like you might have in Lori Lightfoot's Chicago. I'm just saying here. Uh, oh, but Lori Lightfoot says it's all about because of her race or because of her sexuality that she lost. No, it's because of the crime, Lori. Here is your Montana news. A person of interest is sought in connection with a homicide in Billings.
On February 28th, police responded to a call of a suspicious death on the 1600 block of 12th Street West. The deceased was a 48-year-old female, and the case has been upgraded to a homicide investigation. Police are looking for Terrell Spotted Wolf, a 30-year-old male, 5 feet 9 inches, 200 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. If anyone has information on Terrell Spotted Wolf, please call Billings Police Dispatch at 406-657-8200. That's 406-657-8200. A cave-in at the Signal Peak Energy Mine near Roundup has injured three miners. The accident occurred Tuesday night in a busy section of the coal mine called the Long Wall. KTVQ reported that the cave-in trapped these three miners who were rescued by the mine's extraction team. All three are in a Billings hospital with serious injuries. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. We'll see sunshine today and some increasing clouds this afternoon, especially towards Bozeman, where a few snow showers are possible later this afternoon. High temperatures will range from the mid-30s in Bozeman to the lower 40s in the Billings area. Still a chance for some scattered snow showers around the Bozeman vicinity mainly, otherwise partly to mostly cloudy tonight. Low temperatures will be back to about 19 degrees in Bozeman, with low temperatures in the mid-20s expected in the Billings area. For your Friday, we can expect uh, more clouds than sunshine. Still some snow shower chances are across areas towards Bozeman, otherwise still staying dry into Billings. High temperatures on Friday to 29 in Bozeman, near 40 in Billings. Friday night, partly to mostly cloudy skies, lows from 9 above in Bozeman to the upper teens to around 20. Available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, and online. Novage, NAV, AGE, clean nose, healthy life. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, here's another random story I've been holding on. I was uh, actually kind of saving this story for Freedom Friday. I had this one printed up in my stack of stuff a couple of days ago as well here. This is from the Military Times. Troops discharged after refusing COVID vaccine can now rejoin. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, hey guys, hey, game over. All right, guys, all right, hey, game over. You can now come back. Come out of your, uh, you know, it's like the game of hide-and-seek is over now. Uh, yeah, hey, sorry we kicked you guys to the curb. I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but uh, we're, we're trying to start World War Three around here. We could really use a, a few good men. Uh, no, not just the ones that identify as men. No, no, no. We could we could really use a few more men because, boy, I tell you what, our our military has been struggling for recruits. Uh, we kicked thousands of you to the curb, but no, no, game over now. We're we're done playing the COVID game. Don't worry, we won't even hassle you about the stupid boosters or anything. You guys can come back now. In fact, would you? Would you please? come back now troops discharged after refusing covid vaccine can now rejoin oh brother after they slap these men and women in the face give me a man anyway uh but and even some of them they're they're still trying to target some of the some of the people who uh who sought exemptions so uh when you when you really dial it down and and read into these stories more they're saying well troops who were discharged after refusing the covid vaccine can now rejoin but then you read into the story a little bit further and then you can still see that there's still some some of these uh bureaucrats inside the pentagon that are saying yeah but if if they if they refuse to take the shot we 
previously, you know, we're not going to punish anybody moving forward, and we're going to let some of these people back in if we kicked them to the curb. But if, but if the people who refuse the shot are still around, we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to still punish them for, for violating an order, for refusing an order. Uh, you know, I, I, okay, I, I'm all about this this move to say, hey, if if we wrongfully discharged uh, these uh, uh, military troops for for trying to seek exemptions from this shot, from this experimental shot, then, yeah, we should let them back in. But the other thing that we need to do is demand accountability for the people that push these men and women uh, out in the first place. I don't only want to see a headline that says troops discharged after refusing COVID shot can now rejoin. I want another headline that says that the bureaucrats inside the Pentagon that push these men and women and these men and women out will now be forced out, will now be kicked to the curb. Because here's the thing, is that those people weakened our military. Those people weakened our national security. Those people violated the sacred trust that the American people should hold in them. And so here's the thing. If if we kick, you think if we kick a few bureaucrats out of the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., do you think the United States of America is going to be at greater risk? They're the people that have been making the decisions or enforcing the political decisions out of the Biden administration that are putting this nation at greater risk. So uh, you, you actually would be doing this country a service. You would be doing our national security a favor by throwing them out and by kicking them to the curb. You don't do that when you kick you know, the, the men and women that are actually on the front lines to the curb you weaken american national security but if you trim off some of the fat and you get rid of some of these bureaucrats uh that are screwing over this country you will help improve national security that is for sure all right that, so that was a rant i, uh, I the reason i'm still going to save that story for freedom friday i'm going to put a little little freedom friday little note on there i got a little stack going for when our friend george blacker joins us uh, tomorrow on the show but hey today we got a great show for you today is thursday right tim and savage am i right yeah it's thursday all right so that means our friend david noble will be in the house here for our uh, woke update of the week and much more uh the other thing i like i like what uh, what david noble had to say last week you know hey at least once a week we got to call out liberal Senator John Tester. We have to call out liberal Senator John Tester. Well, today, it's not just you and me calling out liberal Senator John Tester. Uh, I got to share this uh, before this tweet gets deleted. I got to share this with you here. Another Democrat is calling out liberal Senator John Tester for basically for his outright phoniness, for for the way that, OK, here we go. It's an election year again. Liberal Senator John Tester is going to pretend to be more moderate now because there's an election year coming up next year. Uh, a big story in the, the Washington, D.C. political press yesterday is, is how uh, the United States Senate has now passed a bill that basically will, will block ESG standards when it comes to, to investments, Right. This is something Republicans are already doing here in Montana. This is something Governor Greg Gianforte has moved uh, to block this woke ESG uh, standards in investments when it comes to state investments. There's more bills that are moving through the state legislature by the Republican supermajority in Montana as well. But now 
liberal Senator John Tester actually voted in support of banning the ESG standards nationally also. But see, we all know how phony this is here. Because we know that the only reason John Tester is doing this now is because there is an election next year and he wants to pretend to be moderate. The other thing is he knows full well that Joe Biden will veto the measure anyway. So he can look like he's being tough. He can look like he's being moderate. And then nothing will be done at the end of the day anyway. Uh, John Con- or James Connor, Jan- not not to Terminator. James Connor uh, has the Flathead memo. He's a liberal blogger out of the Flathead, but he's an honest one. He says John Tester's vote on this is proof he's lurching to the right while he runs for re-election. Pure political posturing. I have experts are at Brown Plumbing and Heating, keeping their name out of your drain. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, this week, South Dakota Senator John Thune and New Mexico's Ben Ray Lujan reintroduced the Livestock Disaster Assistance Improvement Act, bipartisan legislation that would improve the effectiveness and timeliness of multiple USDA programs that assist farmers and ranchers in the aftermath of adverse weather events. Now, the legislation would also provide USDA with better direction to help improve the accuracy of the U.S. Drought Monitor, which, of course, triggers certain disaster programs. Senator Thune says that their bipartisan proposal would make the drought monitor a more effective tool and help ensure USDA programs are using accurate and consistent data. Well, Senator Lujan says drought Wildfires and extreme weather continue to impact the ability of farmers and ranchers to raise livestock, maintain crops, and of course support our local communities. Stay with us. We'll have more ag news right after this. Rancher Greg Putnam on why he breeds Mishima Reserve Wagyu bulls to his first calf Angus heifers. That Wagyu program for us really complements our Angus program. It allows us to kind of take that really quality Angus foundation that we've built and almost diversify it a little bit and just kind of open up a whole nother area that we can market those calves. But also, from a performance perspective, it really does great. Receive a premium above market price for your crossbred calves. Attend the spring seminar Tuesday, March 14th, 9 a.m. at Midland Bull Test, Columbus, Montana. Visit MishimaReserve.com for more. Farmers know a thing or two about being tough, and they hold their wheat to that same standard. Their fields need to be able to take on anything, because there's no telling what tomorrow has in store. That's why Westbred brand wheat offers varieties like WB9590 and WB9719. Both offer high yield potential, standability, and are balanced with protein. Meet your standards of excellence. Plant Westbred. Performance may vary. Well, Farm Bureau members were recently back in Washington, D.C. for the American Farm Bureau Issues Advisory Committee meetings. And Seiko Montana rancher Tom DePute chaired the Federal Lands Committee and says concerns were raised about losing private property to acquisitions by the federal government and lack of funding for grazing lands restoration, as well as the controversial 30 by 30 executive order by President Biden. When the Biden administration come into office, there was an executive order, um, I guess, creating this America the Beautiful, or maybe you've heard it referenced as 30 by 30. We did hear 
from some people that were working on that. Um, you know, they expressed their dissatisfaction that it was actually brought forward in an executive order. And he says there was plenty of roundtable discussions and they can move forward from what they've learned and what AFBF could address. By the way, the 2023 Farm Bill also topped the list of priorities in their visits with agency staff as well as congressional leaders. And finally this morning, the Colorado FFA Foundation recognized three new inductees recently representing politics, water, and agricultural advocacy into the Colorado Agriculture Hall of Fame presented by the Farm Credit Associations of Colorado. Eric Wilkinson of Greeley, Jerry Sonnenberg of Sterling and Ben Rainbolt Jr. of Platteville joined the ranks of those honored for their outstanding contributions to Colorado agriculture. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nemitz. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we do have a lot to get to here this morning. Uh, Ted Cruz, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, uh, absolutely uh, hammered Attorney General Merrick Garland yesterday. Uh, Attorney General uh, Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's just been a travesty. Uh, you talk about a miscarriage of justice. Uh, the Justice Department is now the definition of that, uh, given this political hack, Merrick Garland. He got grilled by Ted Cruz. He got hammered by Josh Holly, uh, I've got audio uh, f- uh, excerpts from both of those uh, back and forth conversations uh, in the U.S. Senate from yesterday, plus uh, $1 billion in tax relief. If you caught our 9 o'clock hour of the show yesterday, $1 billion in tax relief. Governor Greg Gianforte even broke it down county by county. So when this tax relief moves forward, how much money is that going to mean uh, is coming to, or shall we say, staying in your communities? We're talking about we're talking almost uh, forty-five million dollars in Yellowstone County alone that's going to be coming back to you, or staying with you, and staying in your pocket, so you can use locally. Gallatin County, almost fifty million dollars. Uh, yesterday, we, you know, we asked the governor, "Hey, how soon could this tax relief make it across the finish line? How soon?" Could uh, could this be headed to your desk? Well, we we have an update already. The governor said, "I'm hoping that within a couple of weeks, I'll be signing this tax relief." Uh, well, uh, he was uh, exactly right on because just yesterday we got word uh, that this uh, one billion dollar plus uh, in tax relief has now cleared the final hurdle in the state legislature. Now, uh, it's going to now the, the the legislation has to be, you know, uh cleared, you know, they they make sure that that the legislation that passed the the state senate, passed the state house, that it all matches and then they iron out all the details. So it takes a few days to actually make it to the governor's desk, but that tax relief is headed uh, the governor's uh, direction. So that is the the great big news for you here this morning. Uh, another random one though first here. Uh, so I, I was talking about liberal Senator John Tester and, and how, you know, the gig is up. Everybody knows he's a he's a, a phony now pretending to be moderate because he wants to keep his job. He wants to keep his gig in the United States Senate. But I had to ask Travis. I was like, wait a minute. I've heard it both ways. Is the phrase the gig is up or is the phrase the jig is up? 
And, you know, first Travis was like, well, I think it's the gig is up. But then I'm like, well, no, no, no. And then he was like, wait a minute, there's a stick song where they talk about the jig is up. So uh, anyway, so I was like, man, now i got to look it up. It has been used both ways. And I think you could use both uh, versions here when you're talking about liberal Senator John Tester. The gig is up, meaning he needs to be thrown to the curb in the 2024 elections and lose his well-paying gig that somehow he's uh, turned into a millionaire uh, being a, a senator. So that gig needs to be up. But also, the jig is up. The game's over. We're on to you. We know what's... Well, we've known for a long time, but I think I think more Montanans are now on to this uh, outright phoniness that we get uh, from the uh, flip-flop flat top. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Jurors at Alec Murdoch's murder trial in South Carolina hear defense closing arguments today. The prosecution went for more than three hours yesterday. Prosecutor Creighton Waters said they relied on a timeline to tell the story. We couldn't bring you any eyewitnesses because they were murdered. But common sense and human nature can speak on behalf of Maggie and Paul. The jury on Wednesday also went to the Murdoch property for a first-hand look at the crime scene. Fox's Grinnell Scott. Protests in Greece over Tuesday's train collision killing at least 46 people. Flash bombs and tear gas canisters explode in the Greek capital Athens as police confront protesters armed with rocks. Angry citizens demanding a full and open investigation into the tragedy that shocked a nation. Fox Jonathan Savage bodies are still being looked for in burned out train cars. America's listening to Fox News. Yeah, so here's this headline. This is the head- headline from Politico. Joe Manchin and John Tester tee up Biden's first veto. The two defied Biden's threat to veto the rollback, which targets a rule allowing retirement plan managers to incorporate climate and social factors into investment decisions. Now, Democrats won't like the fact that these two voted against uh, voted against the ESG standards, but Democrats understand full well exactly why they voted against it, because Joe Manchin and John Tester are the top two targets in the 2024 elections. Uh, They are are two of the most vulnerable Democrat senators in the country, so they have to pretend to be more moderate. They have to pretend to be more conservative. But, you know, when Politico says they defied Biden's threat to veto the rollback, defied the threat, uh, of course they know Joe Biden's going to veto this. That's all. That's that's all part of the plan. It's all been staged that way. They look tough. They do a vote that will do absolutely nothing to stop this nonsense. And then they get to come back home. Well, yeah, I stood up for you. Oh, yeah. And they'll have some old prospector commercials again. Well, if you if you want to stand up to ESG standards, just vote for me. And, and then they didn't do anything to stop this. The fact is, John Tester has the power to stop this. He has the he's had the power to stop all of this nonsense out of the Biden administration. And he hasn't. He has been uh, going along with it every step of the way because Here's here's the thing. With such a closely divided United States Senate, John Tester can vote on this one, and it really doesn't matter because Biden can veto it, and, you know, no big deal. It's when Joe Biden really needs the two votes out of the Senate. That's when it matters. And and that's where John Tester will not – I mean, case in point is, is uh, the Keystone XL pipeline. 
John Tester voted uh, in support of the Keystone XL pipeline so that he could tell you that he supports the Keystone XL pipeline. But then when push came to shove, when when they had the ability to force it, he didn't even vote in support of it here. But the, but the real key is when Joe Biden needs something to pass the Senate, when he needs more money for Ukraine, when he needs this, when he needs that, when he needs a nominee on the federal court, that's when John Tester can and should, but won't stand up and say, no, I will not give you what you want until you give me what Montanans want, whether it's the Keystone Pipeline, whether it's a ban on ESG standards, whether it's securing our southern border, any of these topics. John Tester had the power, has the power to stop this nonsense, and he doesn't use it because he doesn't agree with you. He doesn't represent Montana. He's no different than Chuck Schumer. He just, you know, has to pretend to be moderate every once in a while so that he can hopefully keep his job, keep his gig in the United States Senate. All right, uh, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, that's where I plan to start. But if you got something you want to talk about, you can give us a ring as well, 294-0970. Well, I'll tell you what, we had Governor Greg Gianforte in studio with us for Wednesday's Montana Talks for the first half hour of the program and snuck in a bunch of phone calls, and the calls kept coming. Great time on Wednesday's show. we got another big show coming up for you Thursday. Our weekly legislative update with Speaker of the House Matt Regeer out of Kalispell and more time to take your phone calls from all across the great state of Montana. Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk statewide 9 to 10 a.m. right here. Yeah, I know. Sean is the host, but the real star is Linda, the producer. Catch them both on The Sean Hannity Show, weekday afternoons 1 to 4 on News Talk 103.3 and AM 970. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, yeah, if you, if you heard me uh, make the casual reference a few minutes ago, Lori Lightfoot, the ousted mayor of Chicago, uh, just, the, I mean, just the, the double-digit uh, increases in crime and carjackings and homicides and everything in Chicago, uh, just, it's just awful what has been done to the great city of Chicago. I don't, I don't know if it, many of you have spent much time in Chicago or not, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I first went to Chicago when I was a junior high kid, and, uh, you know, I'd grown up uh, in, in, you know, small town Glasgow, Montana, and then, uh, and then uh, ended up living south of Chicago for, for a few years after my mom got remarried, and I loved going uh, to Chicago, especially around the holidays. Uh, Michigan Avenue and, uh, uh, man, uh, back when Nike was cool, you know, going to Nike town and, you know, and Michael Jordan was still playing for the Chicago Bulls and you'd go into Nike town and see all the Air Jordan stuff. And then the FAO Schwartz toy story, uh, toy store around Christmas was incredible. And Chicago pizza, Al's Italian beef, not bears and soldier field. I actually got to go to a bears game at the soldier field right there at the, uh, next to Lake Michigan. And man, just a, just a beautiful, uh, cool city that's been destroyed by the Democrats, destroyed by Lori Lightfoot. 
And who I'll guarantee you, whoever replaces her is going to be another Democrat that's going to be a bad mayor, but uh, they just won't be as bad as her. Lori Lightfoot, you heard me right. She is now saying that the reason she lost is because she's black and because she's a woman and because she's gay. That's why she lost. Not the not the you know people losing their lives. Not the people that are being carjacked. No, she lost because she's black and gay, and a woman. I mean, unbelievable. But anyway, Gre- Greg Gutfeld had a, just a, a hilarious commentary on his program on Fox News last night. Rem- remind me, I'm going to play that one for you. Uh, maybe towards the the end of the hour, leave you with a uh, a funny clip before the end of the morning. But let's get into some of the more serious stuff here. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley grills Attorney General Garland on anti-Catholic bias in the FBI and on this raid that took place on a pro-life family. That's the headline at foxnews.com. The Daily Wire has this headline, Merrick Garland hungry for expanded DOJ. We don't have enough resources. Attorney General Merrick Garland says, we don't have enough resources. Uh, well, well, that's interesting, uh, Mr. Attorney General. You, you had more than enough, uh, too much resources on the ground in Mar-a-Lago, Florida, when you were launching the great panty raid of Mar-a-Lago, when you were raiding President Trump's estate, boy, you had plenty of resources for that. Boy, when you were targeting parents who were critical of these outrageous school board policies, shutting down schools, masking kids, harming kids. You had a a transgender, uh, a boy who identifies as female, sexually assault a young lady in a women's room uh, in, a, in a school in Virginia. And the school board simply moved the boy to another school so he could pretend to be a girl in another school so he could sexually assault another girl in another school. And you, instead of going after them, instead of going after that insanity, no, you wanted to weaponize your agency and the entirety of the federal government to go against parents who were criticizing these school boards. Oh, but you had the resources to go after them, but you don't have the resources to go after all these other problems in this country right now. Let's start with uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. Abigail Maroney sent this out via Twitter. Uh, here's the C-SPAN audio as a uh, attorney, as a, uh, as a, uh, 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 Missouri Senator Josh Hawley uh, goes after Merrick Garland for this raid on a peaceful pro-life uh, activist family. Which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States. You are in charge of the Justice Department. And yes, sir, you are responsible. The so F- give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the Attorney General. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people, yes or no? The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. So you think it was reasonable? I'm saying the facts are not as you describe. What, that the children weren't there? That there, wasn't, that there weren't long guns there? That facts. there weren't agents? What, wasn't, what, what do you dispute? What's the factual premise you dispute? FBI Be specific. said they don't agree with your description of... Be um, specific. They don't agree with what? Of of how many agents, of the agents who were there, and of what their roles were. They don't agree. Do you know the jury in this case acquitted Mr. Houck, 
evidence. I'm sure you're aware. Do you know how long it took him? I, I am aware, and we respect the decision of the jury. Do you know how long it took him? I don't know. One hour. One hour. Philadelphia District Attorney declines to prosecute. The private suit's dismissed. You use an unbelievable show of force with guns that I just note liberals usually decry. We're supposed to hate long, long guns and assault-style weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. Happy to. And then you haul him into court, and a jury acquits him in one hour. I just suggest to you that that is a disgraceful performance by your Justice Department and a disgraceful use of resources. Yeah, well said by Missouri Senator Josh Hawley there yesterday. Uh, now, you heard the audio just now on the radio. If you actually watch, if you go to twitter.com slash Aaron Flint, you can watch the actual video. And when you watch the video, there's a photo of the family. Beautiful family, beautiful kids. They were peacefully protesting outside of an abortion facility. And the radical left wanted to prosecute them, wanted to go after them. Local prosecutors said, there, there's nothing to prosecute them. They were peaceful protesters. And, and, and the Biden Justice Department said, no, 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 we're going to prosecute them. We're going to go after them. And, and it took the jury an hour to be like, yeah, uh, case dismissed. This is absurd. And Merrick Garland, who claimed yesterday he doesn't have enough resources to tackle all the problems facing this country. He had enough resources to, point, to send those agents in with long guns after the kids, didn't he? Plenty of resources when he's raiding Melania Trump's underwear drawer in Mar-a-Lago, Florida. By the way, we also uh, heard that yesterday in this hearing that the FBI agents themselves were, were protesting this decision by the Justice Department to go do the raid, especially the way they did it in Mar-a-Lago. So the FBI agents were saying, whoa, 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 you, we shouldn't be doing this. Why would we do this? But Merrick Garland's just Merrick Garland and the Biden and the Biden administration said, no, 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 you will go do this. Uh, so that that came out uh, yesterday. I think the FBI is just trying to save some face because uh, they, they have been absolutely uh, put to shame here. Uh, in the past few years, uh, Ted Cruz also uh, hammered Attorney General Merrick Garland. Uh, uh, and uh, here, here's what Ted Cruz had to say. This is from uh, Sean Hannity's Instagram page. Have you brought a single case against any of these protesters threatening the judgment justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507? Have you brought even one? Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent okay, 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. To and let have me you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? Say yes, no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives so of the So the answer is no. It's to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have Why are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this, in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. Yeah, they haven't. So you had you had people threatening United States Supreme Court justices. You had people violating federal law, targeting them and their kids in their homes. So United States Supreme Court justices. Is, is that an insurrection? And was one case prosecuted, one case under existing federal law prosecuted. And, and he finally admits it there at the tail end of that audio clip we just shared with you. Uh, yeah, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware. He sounds like Dr. Fauci. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Completely pathetic. 
Merrick Garland should resign in shame if he had any, if he had any whatsoever. All right. Uh, all right. We got to lighten things up. We're getting pretty serious here in the six o'clock hour of the show. Greg Gutfeld. Oh, man, you got to hear what he had to say about uh, about Lori Lightfoot uh, ousted as mayor in Chicago. Hey, uh, coming up this weekend, the home improvement show. Let's all go the home improvement show well hey i'll tell you what if you go to the home improvement show this weekend be sure to drop by say hello to our friends from bd equipment services uh bd equipment services uh they will be at the home improvement show it actually starts tomorrow friday march 3rd go saturday and sunday uh exhibitors from across montana will be there all the latest home improvement techniques but i'll tell you what if, if you're looking at home improvement uh options Get a hold of Billy Beatty and his team with BD Equipment. These guys can do the dirty work for you, but they can also clean some things up for you as well. Uh, BD Equipment Services, say hello to them at the Home Improvement Show this weekend. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. They just raided Mar-a-Lago. How did the FBI treat Hillary Clinton who had more top-secret classified information on her private servers than Donald Trump had in a secure room that the FBI had complete access to anytime they wanted it, because they're the ones that asked for the padlock to be put on the door of, of the room where they eventually found documents, and they could have taken them the day that they were there. Nobody would have stopped them. But Hillary Clinton, you know, what do we have with her? Oh, no prosecutor would ever prosecute and she had far more top-secret classified documents than anything ever found at Mar-a-Lago. She was never raided. No prosecutor would ever prosecute. That was in the July of 2016. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. I want to remind you about something that you wouldn't think could happen, but it can, and it's people can steal your home. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real, and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you but Home Title Lock does. They want to give you an absolutely free, no obligation, uh, verification that your home is still in your name. You register for 30 days of protection for free. Just go to Home Title Lock. Bank. Member FDIC. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide. This is Montana Talks. With Aaron Flint. All right, uh, Lori Lightfoot, the ousted mayor of Chicago. Uh, she she's now claiming that well, the reason she lost her reelection uh, the other day is because she's she's black and she's gay and and she's a woman. That's why the voters of Chicago so massively rejected her. First Chicago mayor in forty years to lose reelection. And uh, she only got like 16% of the vote. Anyway, I, my, my, my reaction when I first heard, heard her remarks were like, wait a minute. No, that's why you got the job. You got the job because of all these woke little check boxes. You lost the job 
because you did a horrible job. But uh, Greg Gutfeld uh, said it very well last night uh, and uh, once again proves he is the new king of late night comedy. She deserves it because she broke another glass ceiling. She was the first black lesbian mayor of Chicago, but now she's the worst mayor ever. <laughs> Which sadly means no black lesbian mayors for a while in Chicago. Way to ruin it for them, Nero. <laughs> she got roughly 17% of the vote. So even if her fan base from the Cook County Jail population, all 5,700 of them voted, still wasn't enough. Losing to former head of Chicago Public School, Paul Vallis and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. They took 34 and 20% of the vote, respectively, and will now head to a runoff on to determine the next mayor. That was boring. <laughs> it was. I should have just cut all that out. We don't care about those numbers. My fault. But now, th now this is supposedly good news. But why is it news at all? It shouldn't be news when the worst mayor in the country loses. This should be expected, but it wasn't. Why is that? Well, it's, be, it's news that she lost, despite having more protection than a Fort Knox full of condoms. <laughs> Lightfoot was a historical first, of course, first black female lesbian Chicago mayor. Perhaps also a garden gnome, a woodland nymph, a magical imp, a ghost of Christmas past, Medusa. But because of that, the media cut her more slack than a tailor on meth. But as we found out, you can't just run a city into the ground and then accuse people of racism and misogyny once those people find out you suck. Which is exactly what she did after she lost. Blamed it on the voters for being racist. When a reporter asked if she'd been treated unfairly, she answered, quote, I'm a black woman in America, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Racist, sexist homophobes gave her a chance to be mayor, but only once. <laughs> so now she chalks up her loss to fictitious white supremacists. She's like a masculine version of Jesse Smollett. Oh, man, yeah. Epic takedown there by uh, Greg Gutfeld. It's a perfect point, exactly. She's saying, oh, I, I didn't win my, my re-election because uh, she claims because she's, uh, she's black and she's gay. And it's like, that's why you got elected in the first place. So, so you're, you're saying that the same people that elected you because of that uh, did not re-elect you because of that. Man, all of a sudden, all the people in Chicago, they were, they were pro-LGBTQ, checking all the woke checkboxes four years ago. Going. Now they're not checking any of the woke checkboxes now. So absurd on, on so many fronts. Although then again, I mean, the, the transgender movement has gotten so crazy that there probably are more and more people who are saying, you know what? Uh, on second thought, this stuff's getting out of hand. Uh, one of those is Bill Maher, uh, the liberal uh, comedian Bill Maher. You know, he's got a show on HBO and he's been pushing back on this woke nonsense. Uh, he was doing an interview with Jake Tapper on CNN and made a really good point. Uh, actually, I kind of want to save this clip for the uh, the seven. I'll play it again later in the seven o'clock hour for the people that are uh, going to wake up here in about two minutes. The woke point of view is something very different. Like, uh, well, babies are born now and just jump ball. We don't know what they are. Uh, congratulations, you have a boy. Well, let's not be hasty. Uh, there's a penis that could be an indication of a male, but it's, it's really, uh, we'll find out later, and we can always get rid of it. And it's not wrong to have this discussion. This is some, something that's very new. Yeah. It's not to shut, the, to shut down debate with these words like phobia. You're phobic and you hate. We don't hate. Yeah, anyway, great point. He, he makes the point that the transgender agenda movement right now has to silence you. They have to shut you down. And they're deliberately shutting down debate on. This is where Montana talks. 
Don in Great Falls. I want to thank you for doing such a great job. You're my miniature Rush Limbaugh. Well, I wish I would. I w- I'm, I'm not even miniature that good. I, I you know, I, yes, you are. There's a long you, shadow uh, cast there, by the way. You great. affect a lot of people in this country, my friend. Well, we're, you just keep up the good work, and God bless you. We're blessed to be here in Montana and still get a chance to, to speak freely about all this stuff. Don, thanks for calling in. Great to hear from you. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver.